Kenneth Williams and Ted Ray take a romp through the permissive society now in this one from 1974. It's the Betty Witherspoon Show. And here's Betty! God, take it away. Good afternoon. Thank you, thank you. And now, and now, my friends, in sweet music is such art, killing care and grief of heart. Ah, yes, wasn't it Shakespeare who said... Get off! <laughs> that couldn't have been Shakespeare. It must have been Kenneth Williams. <laughs> Hello, Ken. Hi, love. You're not going to play that violin again, are you? I mean, I don't know. I mean, what exactly is your job? Are you here as a musician or as a comedian, eh? Well, Ken, I see myself as half-minstrel half-wit. He said it, didn't he? <laughs> Out of his own mouth. Anyway, since you're insisting on playing that thing, why don't you give us the Echelon song? Oh, I wish I could, but you see, I must plead ignorance. The Echelon song. Mm. Tell me, Ken, how, but how does the Echelon mm. song go? Echelon wide, temporary, Echelon wide. You go! Do you like it? Do I do like it, yes. Not bad, Ken. It's up to your usual substandard. Oh. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm going to try this old standard. Ah, you must have been a beautiful baby. Yes, I've known days when that song could stop the show. These days, it just slows it up. <laughs> yes, well, you know something, Ted, talking about babies, I know a girl who's just given birth for the 13th time. 13? Yes. You stalk raving mad. <laughs> <laughs> like it? Yes, I like it. What yes. was it, Ken? No, a baby. A baby? A baby. Oh, was a baby. Yeah. No. no, only joking, it was a girl. a girl. Actually, she did want a boy, but she wasn't too disappointed. A girl would have been her second choice. <laughs> they, they've given, what else? They've given us your funny name. Really? Yes. The husband said to me, we've had our 13th yeah. and we're calling it quits. <laughs> it's fantastic. I'm mad. I mean, I wouldn't give a dog a name like that. Oh, you? wait a minute. Hmm? Bono the Magnificent did. Bono the Magnificent did what? Did what? Called a dog quits. You're joking. What an act. Bono the Magnificent and his performing dogs. Oh. Old Bono was a great trooper. He didn't mind where they put him on the bill. Those dogs could follow anything. <laughs> and they usually did. <laughs> he called them Fritz, Quits, Ritz, and one which came on wedding a Mae West called Thomasina. <laughs> Thomasina. Ah. How'd you go in there tonight? That's good. Ah, Bone of the Magnificent. One day, I was just popping out of the theatre to get some cigarettes when old Bone suggested I should send Ritz. Send a dog, I said? That's fantastic. Well, I wanted to run over myself, but that's not easy. I haven't got a car. <laughs> so we put a half a crown in Richard's jaws, told him what brand I wanted. I said, not any old dog end, you know. And off he went. Twenty minutes later, he still hadn't returned. But all the other dogs were waiting. They were standing on the side of the stage, attracted by the orchestra playing trees. <laughs> this was embarking, of course. <laughs> so we rushed out, and there was old Ritz walking down the road with this lady French poodle dog, who was obviously very pleased with herself. I turned to Bona. I said, oh, this is your highly trained dog, I said. I'm underwhelmed, I said. <laughs> Poor old Bona was thunderstruck. It was that kind of a day. I cannot understand it, he cried. He's never done this before. Why he was talking like that, I don't know. He's Irish. <laughs> Mind you. Mind you. He said, 
We should never have given him the money. He's never had the money before. He's never been able to afford it. Do you like dogs, Ken? Oh, I do. Yes, very nice. It's funny you say that. Well, enough of this dog, Lassie. It's time to go over to the intelligence room at New Scotland Yard and the distinguished voice of Inspector Spules with Narc's fire. Merci, mon frère, mon little treasure, honey lamb, honey child. Please, uh, please, please, to carry on, Inspector. Mm, honey lamb, honey child, sugar baby, dolly mixture. Uh, 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 um, uh, never mind dolly mixture, the message, Inspector, oh, please. yes, yes. Well, this week I want to answer a few points from my post. Of course, I get many letters from weak-kneed liberals who no doubt feel that way after a good beating over the aid from one of our truncheons. Now, one of these weak-kneed people writes this week, Dear Inspector Spules, why can't we have more prisons without bars? Well, let's face it, if you built many of these prisons without bars, the prisoners would be in permanent uproar. Like anyone else, the lads like a drink. So I'm totally against prisons without bars, and so are the bar men. Another letter asked why the City of London Force never appoints a constable who is not six feet tall, or they just prefer their constables that way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Inspector. Oh, I've got there. Thank you. For that very interesting discourse. Thank, Thank you, you, Inspector. You're very nice, dear. Forget me not. Forget me not. How could we? Yes, uh, Inspector, dear. I think please. Of you in my dreams. Inspector, in my I'm afraid. Afraid. Thank you. Inspector. The trouble with the Inspector, he gets so carried away, bless his heart. <laughs> and now it's time for a quick commercial break. This time for the new Barnet Hair Restorer. I believe you have tried our new Barnet Hair Restorer. Yes, I have. And was it successful? Oh, completely successful. And there were no side effects? None at all. I feel fine, thank you. Well, they were another satisfied client. Our new Barnet Hair Restorer was completely successful with no side effects. Thank you very much, Admiral John Frobisher. <laughs> thank you. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is with deep regret that I announce it's song time. So, Ken... Take them away. <laughs> Why, well, I rather like them. Oh, go on. <laughs> Music, maestro, please. Well, you start, Ken. It's always nice when you write that. We'd like to write a nursery rhyme, but what can we write about? Miss Muffet's gone permissive. Humpty Dumpty's a soccer lout. Jack and Jill went up the hill. They were after a bucket of water. And nowadays they go up the hill for something they didn't alter. We like to write a nursery rhyme, but what do we write about? Miss Muffet's gone permissive. Humpty Dumpty's a soccer lout. Cinderella changed at midnight from beautiful clothes to tatters. Nowadays she be Cinderella, cause drag's the thing that matters. Simple Simon met a pieman going to the fair. Nowadays he'd meet a ticket out with best seats anywhere. We like to write a nursery rhyme, but what do we write about? Miss Muffet's gone permissive, Humpty Dumpty's a soccer lout. Jack's brat would eat no fat, his wife would eat no lean. They'd both be on a dire as the calorie king and queen. Oh, hick, hick, dickery dock, what about a mouse and a clock? Which was the only respectable word we could find to rhyme with dock. We'd like to write a nursery rhyme, but what could we write about? Miss Muffet's gone permissive, Humpty Dumpty's a sock out. He's a raving sock Oh, 
Well, thank you very much. And next week, once again, the Betty Witherspoon Chorale will show that the pure beauty of music has not been killed, although we're working on it. <laughs> and now, over to a busy street where someone is about to take his driving test. Oh, uh, uh, good morning. Morning, Mr. Roberts, isn't it? Yes, that's fine. Uh, uh, I'm your examiner for the driving test, so oh. don't be nervous. Let's get started right away with the... Uh, yeah, we'll start with the... Um, don't be nervous. No, no. Stop no. biting my nails, Sorry, please. sorry. Now, uh, we want to start off with a sight test. Yes? Can you tell me the number of that car over there? Uh, what car? <laughs> the car over there by the office block. Uh, what, what, what office block? What, what uh, is, is there something wrong with your eyes? Who said that? Oh, it was you. Oh, oh, I, I, I didn't notice you there. Oh, uh, but I, there you are. Oh, yes, there you lower, are. Lower, lower. Oh, I'm sorry. I have to feel, I have to feel. I'm standing, look, I'm standing right next to oh, you. Oh, you are. Oh, yes, you are there. Oh, that is you, isn't it? Of course. That is, oh, yes. Do yes. you have any glasses? No, yes, yes, I have glasses. I yes. don't wear them. I see. I've never been able to find them, you see. <laughs> now, look here, Mr. Roberts, look. If you have such bad eyesight, how did you manage in your driving lessons? Well, very well, considering I only had 45 crashes. 45? How many lessons did you have? Oh, just the one. One! One! <laughs> I'm afraid, Mr. Roberts, cheer up. I've yes. got some very, very bad news for you. Oh, why? I'm afraid, Mr. Roberts... What? I shall have to fail you. Fa fa why? Yeah. Why? Well, frankly, your eyesight is so bad that you will be an obvious danger to other road users. Oh, that is a nuisance. Yeah. I'm going to be the only brain surgeon in the hospital without a car. <laughs> Oh, bless his heart. Well, thank you. And now, Neil, while your hands are on the keyboard, would you give us our documentary link? And this week, our documentary subject is... Sex. Defined as the most fun you can have without laughing. Or more simply, the most fun you can have. And, of course, the most accurate barometer of the sexual climate are the problem pages of women's magazines. Dear Marge, last night I went to an office party, had too much to drink, and this morning I woke up in bed with the boss. Did I do wrong? Worried, Tewksbury. Dear Worried, Tewksbury, can't you remember? <laughs> Dear Marge, modern fashions are so sexy. The other day I bought a pair of hot pants and I'm so thrilled with them that from now on I wear nothing else. Yours sincerely, popular Croydon. <laughs> Dear Marge, the other day I bought a pair of hot pants and I was so thrilled with them that from now on I'll wear nothing else. Yours sincerely, remanded in custody, Brixton. <laughs> Dear old remanded, nice to hear from him. And while we're in prison, let's see what effect the sexual revolution is having on life there. Over now to the dining hall of a prison somewhere near Dartmoor. Right here, men, another chance. Since I last spoke, some of you no doubt have become aware that the women's liberation movement has been having some considerable influence on prison policy, demanding equal status and the rest. Uh, this, of course, will not seriously affect the running of Dartmoor, except that in future I'd be pleased if you all cooperated and called me Doris. I'd like to do some changes among the prison officers. In place of their usual truncheons, they'll be carrying heavily weighted handbags. <laughs> some of the women are going to be pretty wild sex offenders, so we're going to have to step up security. We have plans to electrify the fence. Because, as you no doubt are well aware, we've got to keep the public out somehow. <laughs> Oh, 
You see, we've got to rationalise our approach to these women, the same as we rationalise other aspects of prison life. The women, quite simply, will be rationed. First come, uh, first serve, quite simply. Now, don't forget that at all times you'll be on closed-circuit television. Tickets for the unlucky ones will be on sale in my office after a slop out. <laughs> well, it only remains me to wish you good luck, and those due for at least soon, hard luck. <laughs> You know, they used to say that the Continentals had sex and the English had hot water bottles. This is no longer true. Now, sex is our biggest preoccupation, especially when we visit our doctor. Oh, doctor, doctor, you've got to help me. Yes. My wife's having delusions. All day long she goes round imagining she's Raquel Welsh. Ooh. Oh, it's driving me mad, doctor. All day, all day long she thinks she's Raquel Welsh. All day. I can't stand it. I see, and I, <sighs> I take it you want me to do something about yeah, it. Yeah, can't you make her think it at night? <laughs> doctor, doctor. Don't go away, you're here, doctor. Yes, you're right, still here. I you know, I told you my wife thinks she's Raquel Welsh. Mm -hmm. Well, now I feel inadequate because she's a beautiful, oh, a beautiful sex symbol. And I'm just a costing clown. Now, look here, this sexual inadequacy is all in the mind. Oh, no. It's it? up to you to use your imagination. And, what, how do you mean? Mm, and pretend you're a famous Hollywood star, too. Oh. Now, come on, repeat after me. What? I am a famous Hollywood movie star. I am a famous Hollywood movie star. I am a famous Hollywood Doctor? Uh, yes? This is Mrs. Raquel Welsh of Hendon here. Oh, yes. Well, you'll have to do something about my Murray. All night long when we're in bed, he thinks he's a famous movie star. It's driving me mad. I can't quite see your problem, Mrs. Welch. Most women would love to be in bed with a famous Hollywood movie star. What? Rintin' bloody tin? <laughs> the industry most concerned with pre-packaging sex appeal for us is, of course, the cinema. And no one more than the cinema producer. Over now to the penthouse office of Hiram Firem Jr., where an audition is in progress. Yeah, babe, you and me really could go places. I could make you a real somebody. A few elocution lessons, some ballet and deportment, change those rags of yours for a shagal gown, and you'll be a star overnight. You know, even now I can see you as the Haley Mills of the 70s. Oh, God, I bet you said that to all the fellas. <laughs> Of course, all this permissiveness has passed some of us by as our Witherspoon's world reporter found out in the Isle of Skye. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Isle of Skye. Well, I hope to find out how permissiveness and the new morality have changed things in this part of the world. Madam. I? Could you tell me what you do up here in the remote highlands about sex? Oh, uh, about sex, we have our tea, and about 6.30 we settle down to listen to the radio. And about 6.45 it's time for the archers. <laughs> thank you, that's very nice, thank you. I think that's about all we can stand of Witherspoon's world of sex. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet, please, madam. <laughs> now, whatever the government does over the next few months, you can depend on one thing. Sooner or later, 
there will be a cabinet reshuffle. Time for publishing a couple of those exquisite letters that exchange between the man who got the boot and the man who put it in. <laughs> you know the sort of thing. Dear sailor, it is with deep regret and an agonizing pain where you've been twisting my arm that I have to tell you how I feel the time has come for me to lay down the burden of office. Indeed, resignation will be a great weight off my chest because at the moment, the chief whip is standing on it. <laughs> Through good times and bad, we have marched and slept, the lucky ones, side by side, on the back benches, on the front benches, and underneath the cabinet table. <laughs> Nevertheless, as you reminded me on Monday with your gift for classical quotation, drop dead. <laughs> I fully realize, I fully realize that the time has come to make way for an older man, whatever he is. <laughs> May I assure you for the future, you can always depend on my support. You can even borrow it if you want to. And the reply... Dear sir or madam... Oh, I'm sorry, madam. Thank you very much for your letter. You know how deeply you regret my decision. Throughout your long career of unstilting, nay, incompetent public service, you never once spared yourself, your party, or for that matter, your country. You approached all your tasks with an open, indeed, blank mind. You will go down in the history books, if not your memoirs, as an immovable Minister of Transport, an inedible Minister of Food. You show that ignorance is no handicap at the Ministry of Education. At the Ministry of Housing, you were given immediate notice to quit. At the Ministry of Labour, you demonstrated that indolence was no crime. As a Minister of Fuel, you were powerless. At the Ministry of Pensions, you bore that invaluable qualification, age. As a whip, you cracked. And finally, as minister without portfolio, you lost your portfolio. <laughs> I know I speak for the whole country, but I wish you in your future career good luck and good riddance. Thank you. You know, last night I wanted to celebrate, so there was a rather nice young lady I know, and I thought I'd take her out for a meal. So we went to a restaurant I hadn't been to before. I suppose, really, that was my first mistake. Hey, waiter! Waiter! Oh, are you the waiter on our table? No, he'd never stand me away. He'd just collapse under me if I was on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He means, could we have the menu, The please? menu? The menu? The menu! Ah, le billet de fer. Anything fried. But haven't you, haven't you got a written one? Well, if you give me a pencil and paper, I'll write it down for you, dear. But still anything fried. Oh. Uh, what should we have for starters, Daphne? Well, how about soup? No soup. Oh, grapefruit then? No grapefruit. Uh, melon? We might have melon. We'll have that then. How do you want it fried? Fri fried? <laughs> I, think we'll, uh, I think we'll miss the melon. Uh, what about scampi? Scampi? Uh, fried scampi. Sorry, scampi's off. Uh, chicken then fried chicken? Chicken's off. Fried liver and bacon? Liver and bacon's off. <laughs> do you think we, you could manage a cup of tea? Water's off. Sorry, pipes. Pipes are being mended. Oh well, I don't suppose you've got any leaks, have you? Only in the pipes. That's why they're being mended. <laughs> well, uh, look here. Look here. Look here. If all those things are off, what have you got? Anything fried. Now, don't you start that again. Well, what would you recommend? Ah, la spécialité de la restaurant. Ah, now then. What's that? Tom de terre française avec du poisson frite et des petits pois. Ah. Pardon? Fried fish and chips and peas. <laughs> what about the peas? How do you cook? Cooked, cooked by, cooked by our master chef 
Alberto. Oh, I say, I, uh, that's better. I didn't realise you had a master chef, Alberto. Alberto, rather nice. Reminds me of that little place in Italy, darling. Yes, that's Is he Italian? I love Italian food. No, Albert O'Casey's an Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> Cooks a lovely spare rib. Oh, we'll have that then. Sorry, none to spare. Oh, well. <laughs> Fish and chips it is then. All right, I'll be with you in two shakes of dead frog's legs. By the way, uh, could you tell me where I can powder my nose? Well, powder in here, nobody of mine. <laughs> no, I mean powder my nose. I can't do it in here. Oh, why not? I batter the fish in here. <laughs> I batter the fish in here, nobody worries. No, no, you see, I want to go to the ladies' room. Sorry, everybody eats in here, men and women. <laughs> now, just a moment, my man. I've had enough of this. Can't you understand what the lady's talking about? She wants to visit the smallest room. The smallest room? The man of the yes, world. yes. Oh, I yes. see the smallest oh. room. Why don't you say so? Second to left down the corridor. Oh, thank you. You'll find a phone book hanging up in there. <laughs> I've never been into a place like this in my life. They're awful. The service is absolutely non-existent. Terrible. We've no food. No sense. And another thing, there's a fly on this table. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't realise you were together. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't be so foolish. Give it a man. We can't. It's a spider's day off. <laughs> Why the devil don't you use a fly spray or whatever they call it? No, we can't use a spray. Why can't you use a spray? Because we like them that colour. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's it. Now, that is it. That's it. I've had my fill. Come on, Daphne. Let's find somewhere else. Right. Wait a minute. Well, you, you've not had your food. But hard luck. I think you should pay for that. Albert will be very upset if you don't, after all his hard work. Pay for it? You must be joking. Albert! Albert! Yeah. This man, this man don't want your culinary delights anymore. Oh, dearie, dearie me. Huh? All my honest sweat and toil well, gone to waste. Well, I think I might turn violent. Well, sir, no, there's no need for that. We'll pay for it, of course. Five pounds, does that cover it? Well, what about the service charge? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Clean slip my mind. Yes, there you are. There oh, you are. very generous of you, sir. Don't mention Thank it, don't mention it. Come on, oh, Daphne. Nice. Better rest yes, uh, better be popping along. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, bye. And now we proudly present the Betty Witherspoon Theatre of the Air. This week, Betty turns her spotlight on, who else? Noel Card. So long, Tinkerbell. Don't be silly, darling. Come back. Oh. Charles, Charles. Yes. What's yes. wrong with us both? The magic seems to have gone out of our marriage. Gone out? Yes. Do you remember the fun we had together once? Do you remember our song? An Atlantic to romantic places. That's the one. <laughs> a cigarette but bears the lipstick's tracer. Whatever became of your brother? <laughs> oh, uh, Hermione. Yes, well, he was torpedoed in the Atlantic. Oh, they must have mistaken him for one of the queens. Oh, darling. <laughs> darling, it, it all seems so long ago. Mm. Do you remember the night we held hands in the moonlight? No. How does it go? Oh, Charles, whatever happened to that thing we had once? I had to get rid of it. It kept attacking the butler. Oh, darling, couldn't we try to recapture our lost youth? Good Lord, darling, I didn't know we had one. Charles, Charles, oh. kiss me, darling. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Not now, darling. What about the butler? But I don't want to kiss the butler. <laughs> 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 it's, uh, it's a letter, my lad. Oh, darling, it's for you. God, not another bill. Oh, is it? Is it? Is Charles, it? darling, it's the mortgage. Oh, no. It must be paid today, and it's dated three months ago. Why have you been so long, James? So long, madam. 
Oh. oh, that terrible man. I don't know why we keep him on. You ought to fire him. I did try to fire him once, but he kept going out. Oh, <laughs> we'll have to wait till the drier weather. Charles, darling, wherever are we going to get the money? Same place as always. Your mother, your mother, good old Brigadier Carstairs. <laughs> no go, I'm afraid, darling. She's on her beam ends, too. But Mummy was always so rich. Surely she's still got the Grange. No, dear, just a touch of dandruff. No, the Grange, dear, Grange, Grange. No, no. Oh, <laughs> no, she had to get rid of it. Oh. Sold it to young Foster Budworth, the chap with the limp. The limp what, darling? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell. You rang, sir? No, James, I was merely saying Madam's name. Tinkerbell. There it comes again. No, that, that will be all, James. Is that all? Yes. Darling. Yes, darling? I've just had a spiffing idea. Oh. There's only one thing for it, my, my sweet. Oh, you don't mean you're going to get a job. Heaven forbid, woman, certainly not. I've decided to sell James. James the butler? Yes. Oh, no. Be brave, darling. <laughs> oh, darling. Oh, oh, yes, no. I know he's been with us, oh, oh, ever since. Oh, it must be. Really, easily. Or more. But Tinkerbell, 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 there's no other way out. We've just got to sell him. But he's been with us so long, Charles. So long, Tinkerbell. Now, don't start that all over again. Oh, oh, I see. No, darling, quite. I'll call the butler. You rang, sir. Oh, James, you're back. What's wrong with my back, sir? Nothing, <laughs> you old fool. James? Yes, my lad? My wife wishes to have a word with you. And by the way, what, what's that you've got on your tray, James? Oh, it is another letter, my lad. Oh, the fifth post. <laughs> the fifth post today. That's what Ireland is overdoing. Oh, good news, Tinkerbell. <laughs> We're saved. We're saved. What does it say, darling? It says... You're not darling. I'm darling. Oh. <laughs> It's from the National Trust, darling. I didn't know they were ruptured. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, the National Trust, darling. From now on, we can charge admission to the house. You mean we've been made a stately home? No, darling. The next best thing, James, has been declared a national monument. <laughs> Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Next week, the Betty Witherspoon Theatre of the Air will present the moving story of the girl who's walking along, suddenly stops, bends down, and picks up a chestnut. And it's called, She Stoops to Conquer. <laughs> so until then, from all of us, and especially from Betty Witherspoon herself, goodbye. Spoon Show starred Ted Ray and Kenneth Williams and featured Miriam Margulies and Nigel Reese. The music was by Neil Innes, the script by Michael Whale and Joe Steeples, with additional material by Fred Metcalf, Tom McGee Englefield, Derek Farman, Ray Lowry and David McKellar. The violin was played by Ted Ray and The Fool by Kenneth Williams and the programme was produced by Simon Brett. And that show first went out in June 1974.